Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR, your host, David Gill here. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week as always. I certainly am. We've got a little mixed bag of things to discuss today, and then I wanted to finish off with uh, kind of where the state of social media in general is. Uh, and I want to come from it more on the marketing side because obviously this is a a business podcast. So I, you know, we look at uh, social media more from the side of how we can use it to grow businesses, but um. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that at the end because things are very weird and strange right now and kind of in a limbo state, and I'm not sure where we're headed. But anyways, I'll get into that before I wanted to go through some uh, you know, news headlines, discuss what happened this week quickly, and uh, kind of get my thoughts. So anyways, let's get right into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. The first thing I wanted to discuss was what Snapchat is doing. So they had their, I think it was a summit, some developer summit uh, this past week. And they are really pushing hard to improve their AR tech, their augmented reality technology. They're almost pivoting somewhat into being an AR platform um, because they really, I mean, they, they were the originals as far as lenses and filters for uh, of all these apps. And now they're very much going all in on it again. And... It seems like they want to almost become an AR platform where companies and you know developers can kind of come and use their development kit, what they call the Snap Kit, to create experiences and third-party integrations uh, within Snapchat. I know Netflix has been doing this uh, and other companies as well. You know, Snapchat really they might have an opportunity here their their technology is actually very good they have a lot of very advanced ar tech and they're kind of making this bet that we are going to be moving more and more towards an ar world which i do agree with now whether that ar world will be phone based or you know some type of glasses type thing based we will see but i think the glasses part is still much further down the road so at the moment it looks like they are trying to dominate the phone based ar uh, world and you know i'll give credit to snapchat because they've been having a rough couple of years but they really they have not stopped innovating. Uh, they keep pushing. They keep coming with lots of new ideas. The problem is that they get uh, copied and then people just use those new ideas, those new inventions that Snapchat creates, but then they use them on Instagram or whatever other platform that copies them. So we'll see if they are able to become almost uh, more of a AR app that mixes in social media and messaging more so than just a social another social app uh, because on the social side they don't really have anything unique anymore because obviously you know stories everybody has stories now YouTube even has stories now I don't know if you guys have seen that so 
we'll see. We'll see if this is enough to get to differentiate themselves, right? To bring it back new users, to get back to growth again. They were growing. They were one of the fastest growing uh, social apps at one point, and now their growth is pretty much completely stalled. They are a, a public company, so there is a lot of pressure for them to continue to grow and continue to make money and continue to bring in new opportunities, especially with these third-party integrations, like I said, with Netflix, etc. Uh, those companies can come in and pay for the platform to get in front of people and get people to use their uh, AR exper experiences. So we'll see if that works uh, Again, I actually like it. I think a lot of the stuff they're making is quite impressive. The question is just, will it spur growth? Will it start bringing new users again? And that's something that I'm not 100% sure that it will. Okay, let's talk about LinkedIn for a minute here. There's not too much to say. I've been talking about them over the past few weeks, or actually it was probably over the past few months, about how they've been upgrading their ad platform quite a bit. They added in um, over a month ago new interest-based targeting, which I thought was a very big deal because obviously before it was only targeting or mostly targeting based on people's uh, work circumstances and situation as far as their position and what company they work at, etc. Um, so then they added in interest-based targeting based on people's interest in what they are doing on the LinkedIn platform. Uh, now they've added even more interest-based. This part isn't as exciting for me though because it's uh, basically interest-based targeting based on their Bing search data, which, you know, Bing doesn't have a ton of users. I'm not sure how many people use Bing. Um, the only thing I was thinking was, okay, well, maybe a lot of people on their work computers, if they're using LinkedIn and their work computers happen to, uh, make them use, you know, Microsoft, uh, edge instead of, you know, say allowing them to use Chrome or Firefox or some other browser, then maybe then they're using Bing because Bing is the default search engine for edge. So maybe if they're at a work computer, then may, and they're using LinkedIn. So that's kind of the only thing that made me a little optimistic, but you know, Bing search data, that's fine. It's fine, but there's not a ton of Bing users out there. So not so sure how super great that is, but it's another feature. It's, it's good to have. And then the other thing that they added that was major and it's not anything unique. It's not new, but it's something that they need if they want to catch up to other ad platforms like Facebook and Google, and that is look-alike audiences. If you don't know what a look-alike audience is, uh, it's basically um, if you already have, say, an audience of people, like for example, we do this all the time on Facebook, you have a audience, you have this group of people, you have a database of people who have already purchased your product, say, um, you know exactly who those Facebook users are. You can take that group and then tell Facebook, hey, make a lookalike audience of this. And obviously, just like it sounds, they're going to find people with very similar profiles, interests, behaviors, etc., uh, demographics, whatever, to match that group that has been buying from you because those people are also going to be very likely the type of person that would buy your products. So LinkedIn is adding that as well. Just another feature for LinkedIn's ad platform that they're they're really improving. I've been uh, very impressed with LinkedIn's ad platform lately. So we'll see how they continue to improve. And uh, yeah, Microsoft is doing a good job overall. That, that's why they're using Bing, by the way, because Microsoft owns LinkedIn and Bing. 
so they obviously can't have access to Google data, but then at least they have access to Bing search data. But anyways, look look alike audiences. It's a it's a big deal for link, for LinkedIn ads if you are an advertiser uh, on LinkedIn. It's just another great feature to have. Makes your life easier when trying to find new people uh, out of your regular audience. All right, next up, let's talk about Amazon for a second. They are up to some interesting things. The first thing I wanted to talk about was they're off they're trying to create a, a broadband global network uh with satellites it's going to be over 3200 satellites it's called project kuiper i'm not sure how you pronounce it kuiper keeper i don't know k u i p e r is what they're calling it but anyways they're they're planning on using 3200 satellites to create a uh complete broadband network so the whole world has uh, access to not just dial up or some slow thing like they do in even some parts of the US and definitely they don't even have internet in many parts of the world so they want to give broadband speeds to the world um, that sounds very expensive I'm not sure uh, how they plan to afford 3,200 satellites. I'm not sure what the price of satellites are these days. I know their price is going down quite a bit with lots of new innovations, but still 3,200 is a lot. Um, basically, they say it's going to take years. It's a big, audacious, audacious space project. This is the uh, statement from Amazon that I'll read real quick. Project Kuiper, I'm going to call it Kuiper, I don't know how you exactly pronounce it, is a new initiative to launch a constellation of low-Earth orbit satellites that will provide low-latency, high-speed broadband connectivity to unserved and underserved communities around the world. Uh, this is a long-term project that envisions serving tens of millions of people who lack basic access to broadband internet. We look forward to partnering on this initiative with companies that share a common vision. Uh, shared this common vision. I was going to say, you know, Amazon, this is very audacious. I know there are other companies going after this. I know that SpaceX, Elon Musk uh, is doing something of this sort. I'm not sure if it's this audacious as far as 3,200 satellites, but um, I don't know. I'm always very skeptical when I hear these things. You know, we heard Google trying to do this with Google Loon uh, with their balloons, and they've kind of shut that down for the most part they're they're still doing some stuff with project loon but it looks like it just didn't really work out for them uh for years we've been hearing facebook is kind of doing the same thing and i haven't really seen much project from fate progress from facebook on that front so i'm always kind of skeptical when i hear these big big things but maybe amazon will be different they certainly I mean, I guess they could afford it, but yeah, I don't know exactly the whole cost. They're, the costs aren't really explained here, but hey, if they're successful, it would be uh, very valuable for Amazon to own the broadband network that millions and millions and millions of people use on a day-to-day -day basis, because just think about all that juicy, juicy data that Amazon wants to get and capture from all of those people. They could probably put uh, Amazon.com as their homepage by default and all types of stuff like that. So anyways, that's kind of an interesting uh, out of this world. <laughs> ha ha ha, so funny. Uh, 
thing that Amazon is going for. But anyways, back here on Earth, they are also apparently making their own version of the Apple AirPods. So they want to make uh, a pair of AirPods, or they're not going to be called AirPods, obviously, but they're going to make a pair of headphones that are going to, that apparently there's some leaks that they look very similar uh, and act very similar to the Apple AirPods, except they're going to have Alexa in-ear versus uh, obviously having Siri in your ear. We'll see how this goes, because obviously Amazon doesn't have a phone. You know, remember the Fire Phone? Do you guys, does anybody remember the Fire Phone when they tried that a few years ago? How long ago was that? That was probably four or five years ago by now. That was a complete failure. I remember that. I, I never thought that would succeed. I thought that was a bad idea from the time I saw it. But anyways, uh, did not do well. But the point is that they want to have Alexa in your ears at all times, right? They're doing very well on the smart speaker front. Uh, they have tons of Alexas in tons of homes, but the second you leave your home, you don't have an Alexa anymore. But if you have the Alexa headphones, then you can have Alexa with you in your ears on the go at all times and further enable that full Alexa Amazon experience. I mean, I think it's a good idea. We'll see how well they're able to compete with Apple. I think they will do well on the uh, non-Apple users front, possibly, but I'm not sure how well they will do uh, at getting Apple users and AirPod users to switch over to their headphones uh, instead. We'll have to see about that because Apple users are very loyal and the AirPods are very, very good and they... Obviously, because they're an Apple product, the integration is incredibly seamless, and there's lots of cool things and features like the battery pops up when you open the case, and you know, just things like that that I'm not obviously are not going to be able to happen with the Amazon uh, AirPods, I don't whatever you want to call them, the Amazon headphones. So we'll see exactly how that works. Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. Again, this was mostly kind of a leak. But we'll see. They clearly want to continue to grow the strength of the Alexa network. Okay, that's it for the general news this week. Now let's talk a little bit about social media and where we are, as I uh, alluded to earlier. I just, I just think we're in a weird place because... You know, I what what made me start worrying was this week there was an Australian bill that got passed. Um, if you didn't hear about it, obviously I think don't think a lot of people did because it was in Australia, but it was just a terrible, terrible idea, a terrible bill because it it basically it was in response to the the Christchurch shooting that happened in New Zealand a few weeks ago. Um, and basically during the shooting and after the shooting, there were, uh, I believe, both live videos of it and then uh, lots of videos being uploaded of it afterwards uh, on different social media platforms. And those platforms were trying to delete them, but, you know, it's hard to to just go and, and delete things you don't want to you don't want to just delete everything there were there there were like legitimate news uh stories and videos that didn't show anything had a lot of it blurred out and were just news things that got uh deleted too kind of as a 
you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, cannon fodder, I guess, but basically, uh, things that probably shouldn't have been deleted were deleted because they were trying to act so frantically to delete everything that needed to be, um, but anyways, the point was that there were videos on different platforms of the shooting, which the Australian government doesn't like, and a lot of people don't like, but, you know, it's not that easy to, uh, remove these videos that quickly because again these platforms have millions and millions and millions of pieces of pieces of content constantly being added so what the australian government decided to do is make it so that companies now like uh, facebook or youtube now have to filter these videos before they go up before if they're supposed to somehow watch live stream videos right because obviously there's live streams and make sure that there's no uh, bad content there basically they went from they want companies to go from reacting to being proactive I guess is kind of their stance but it's just a terrible 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 idea because now all of these companies have to put a massive filter on anything and everything that gets uploaded they're pretty much going to have to remove all live streaming in australia now because it's impossible to uh tell what's going to happen on a live stream that's called why it's called a live stream but now even worse even when videos are uploaded they're going to have to go through some sort of filter system to make sure that they're not uh, going against the content rules before that video is actually allowed to go up, to go live. Uh, the resources and demands of this are nearly impossible unless you just go the extreme route of basically, if it's not like PG, it doesn't go up. I mean, I don't know what you do in this situation. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a lot of companies if we see a lot of companies just completely pull out of Australia and say, listen, we can't handle this, you know, both lawmakers and tech advisors very strongly opposed this bill, but they went through with it anyways. And I just think that this is one of the worst pieces of legislation I've seen in a while. And, but it worries me because I don't know what's going to happen next. Because if that happens in Australia, which is, you know, a major country, a major market, I don't know what could happen in the rest of the world. And, you know, as someone on the marketing side, I see lots of the changes that Facebook's making in response to all of these uh, allegations that have been happening over the past couple of years. Just recently, um, I saw that they put restrictions on um, for people who do uh, lending ads for companies that do, you know, offer mortgages or different credit offerings. Um, now they can't do demographics-based targeting. So before they could target people by income and ethnicity and uh, I believe even like zip code where they live. And now they're not allowed to do any of those things because um, it could be discriminatory, which is fine, I guess, in that situation for credit. You don't want credit to be discriminatory. But I don't know if stopping Facebook from stopping companies from advertising 
uh, to who they want to advertise to is going to stop the discrimination. Um, because especially, say you're just a company who only offers mortgages on mortgages that are on million dollar plus homes, right? That's all you do. You have this niche business that that's all you do. You do high end mortgages. Well, obviously, you're not going to want to target people who are buying a $300,000 home. They're just not in your market. It's it's nothing uh, discriminatory, really. It's just, in, in a negative way, it's just they're not your target audience. And so you kind of have this fine line, but Facebook and all these platforms are very quickly uh, trying to react to both avoid certain legislation in some ways, but push forward certain legislation in other ways. Mark Zuckerberg came out this week and discussed how regulation would be a good idea, how GDPR in Europe uh, kind of worked. But, you know, lots of people have pointed out that these big sweeping regulations very much help the big companies uh, in the sense that, yes, it costs them more money and eats at their bottom line. And, you know, it's just an overall pain in the ass to have to deal with lots of new regulations. But at the, But because they're big, huge money-making machines. They can afford the lawyers. They can afford the extra new development costs that come with changing up the platform to comply with these regulations while they know smaller upstarts do not have the massive team nor the capital to comply with everything. And so that's why these bigger companies are somewhat for more regulation. Uh, they don't want to be overregulated, but they're for some regulation because it actually could end up helping them more than it hurts them. But the overall point is, I'm I'm really not sure where things are headed in the general social media space. There was a leaked bill in the UK uh, that could make um, social media sites much more of almost headed more towards a utility than being private companies. We'll see. It was kind of a leaked thing. It's nothing confirmed, nothing been voted on, anything like that. There's just lots going on. There's tons of attention about it, you know, focused on it. It's the topic of conversation of so many media outlets, so many just people in general. Not to mention now the the health things that are being discussed as far as people getting addicted and using it too much. And on that front, to me, that's more, I think that is overblown. I think, you know, saying social media addiction, I'm not saying it's not addictive. Listen, I limit my social media a lot. I pretty much cut out Instagram completely as far as my personal usage. The only platform I really use is Twitter at this point. And, uh, you know, on the iPhone now, they have the screen time app where they let you limit your screen time. So I put it at 30 minutes. So, you know, because it's the type of thing where, uh, you know, like any of these social platforms, you kind of start using it and then you get sucked in and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I've been using this for 45 minutes. I did not mean to do that. So I set it at 30 minutes for for the day. So I don't use it for more than half an hour a day. But um, yeah, I mean, social media can be very distracting and time consuming if you're not careful, but it just takes a little bit of discipline and uh, making sure that you don't you know, go overboard. It's no different than sugar. You know, I love, you know, sugary snacks and drinks and whatever, but, you know, you got to have some self control and not eat sugar all day, right? So I think on that front, it's a little overblown, but it's it's still another talking point that all of you will have. Um, 
I just, I'm very fascinated to see where things go. I'm not sure how these regulations are going to work. I'm, I'm getting more and more confident at this point that there will be some sort of ma- major regulation in the United States. I, before, I thought there might not be, but at this point, I think it's almost inevitable. Um, and not to get into politics here, but on the uh, you know Democratic side, they're very much kind of looking at these big tech companies as major monopolies, so they definitely want to regulate them. And then on the right, uh, you know, there's been lots of, uh, I guess, accusations, and I guess there's evidence for it too, that, uh, you know, I mean, lots of these tech companies, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, they're based out of Silicon Valley, San Francisco, they're based out of there. So they have this, and most people there are, kind of young liberals, I think that's proven, and there has been, you know, shown bias towards the right, so the tech companies have done a great job of angering both the left and the right as far as politicians go, so I think at this point, you know, it's kind of, you're not gonna, you're gonna win either way if you're a politician and you propose regulations on big tech companies. It just is how far do those regulations go, and do we go all the way to uh, them becoming utilities, which I don't think I agree with, or do we let them go completely free as long as no one's breaking the law? This also gets into free speech issues in the U.S. Other countries don't have free speech. They have you know, hate speech laws. It's very, very complicated, and I almost think that we might end up having... I think it might be difficult to have a global social media just because every country is going to have so many different laws and regulations that it's going to be difficult for people to even connect uh, on the same network if the network is having to comply with different regulations on different uh, for different countries and different continents and etc. So I don't know. I just this is kind of me rambling, but. I'm very curious. This Australia bill is what kind of worried me. I just don't want sweeping regulations like that that are very, uh, not even short-sighted, but just just unrealistic to think that you can just, because if you do that, you're just completely removing all free speech, all, um, you know, just openness of information if these companies now are responsible that's the problem the companies are now responsible they will get fined majorly the executives could go to uh, i believe it's up to three years in prison uh if they don't if they basically allow bad content to go up on the platform and then that bad content is then caught basically which is just it's just a terrible idea because now they're going to have to either one as i as i suspect they're going to just pull out completely or two they're just going to put a massive filter on everything that gets uploaded and if it's not basically pg completely uh it's not getting uploaded so i don't know i don't know where things are headed i just the biggest thing i fear is broad sweeping not thought not very well thought through regulations because I think that's a very high likelihood that could happen, uh, especially in Europe. We've already seen some of that with GDPR. Um, I think we will see more. And in the U.S., depending on how things go, 
I think we could see, I think we will see major regulation. I just don't know. I just very, very much hope it will not be as, as bad as the Australian regulation just was. Anyways, there's my little rant and ramble. I hope you uh, made it through it. I, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks because it's just a difficult thing to uh, discuss. Um, if you want to comment... We do have a commenting system, actually. Uh, you can go to mgredge.com and leave a comment there. Um, there's no, I, you know, that's another thing. Podcasts. This is a totally different topic. I've discussed this before. Can we add some type of commenting system to the podcast? Because that would be great if I could uh, somehow interact with people uh, in a common way. You know, you can do it and. Every platform except for podcasting, and you'd think in podcasting where it's all about the conversation, you would want to have comments. Anyways, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening to my little rant and ramble. Again, I'd love to hear what you guys think. You can also just email me, david at MGR Agency. I'd be glad to discuss. Maybe you have thoughts. I'd be glad to respond to them on the show too. If you do, david at mgragency.com. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Leave a positive review if you did enjoy um, if you didn't enjoy, I guess you could leave a negative review. That wouldn't make me very happy, but, you know, do what you got to do, I guess. And uh, share this with anyone that you think would enjoy as well. Anyways, guys, I will see you next week. Again, thank you for listening.